You have just tuned in to the Liberty Room with Jim and Dwight podcast. This is the place where everyday conservative America hangs out. I'm known as the one, the only, the Jim Wood. And with me, as always, my friend, my brother, my co-host, Dwight Williams. Join us as we break down this week's events in America and the rest of the world. You get news analysis, color commentary on life, and sometimes things that just make us laugh. So sit back, tune out the rest of the world around you, and hang out for the next hour or so with your friends here in the Liberty Room. In a world covered by darkness and terror, standing tall in the mosh pit of truth, the anchor of conservative liberty, the chief of staff himself, staring down the evil that is the liberal lunatic left, standing like the Statue of Liberty, facing off a hurricane of crap. Hey, Dwight Williams. <laughs> I can't hold it back any longer. <laughs> That's my best movie tone voice. That was awesome. In a world. <laughs> Staring down the crap. <laughs> That's all you get from the left anyway, is just crap. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome, everybody, to the Liberty Room with Jim and Dwight. Yep, that's us. That's some of the foolishness we talked about. Let's just start it off right tonight. Yeah, no kidding. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for coming in and hanging out with us. Don't forget thelibertyroom.com. That's the website to share with all your friends. Uh, The Liberty Room brought to you by all your favorite podcast providers. Uh, The kind folks at iHeartRadio also uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, CastBox, Stitcher, you name it. We're on all the major podcast providers. While you're out there looking around, when you get onto the libertyroom.com, don't forget that evil circle you can find yourself in because the first thing you get is a pop-up. What does that pop-up do? takes you to thejimwood.com. And what will that get you? Everything. Well, you know, congratulations. You just won the lottery because it takes you to every Wednesday night's conversation show with me, the one, the only, the Jim Wood. You got my that? hopes up when you said I won the lottery. It's Well, I mean, it's a lottery of sorts. Oh, It's okay. not like the big billion dollar lottery. That's but, what I was hoping for. You know, there's something that's more important than money. Yes, but a billion dollars would be nice. And spreading the word of conservatism, spreading the word to, and, and just and finding that there is a network in that mosh pit of truth. You know that uh, you can come hang out in and, and enjoy and enjoy and join in the conversation. That's right. The chat runs up the screen. We talk back and forth. We conversate. We we have that discussion that a lot of people are afraid of. Uh, right there at thejimwood.com gets you to every Wednesday night at eight o'clock on Wednesdays with Jim. Wednesdays with Jim and the Liberty Room podcast, taking the world by storm. Yeah, we are. We are in a world where <laughs> terror and darkness reign. <laughs> Standing tall against the liberal crap. That is. I mean, you know, I love your new nickname, though. Thank you. The chief of staff. We need to get you some, like, letterhead made up. I need some business cards. Business cards. Yeah. The chief of staff. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That fits you, actually. I'm the chief of staff, y'all. Chief of staff. Yeah. You want to get to the Jim Wood, you go through his chief of staff. <laughs> So, so, 
Don't try to get street on me. All right. <laughs> it doesn't work for you, man. I told you. I know. I'm sorry. Oh, well. Oh. I know. I know. Man, has it been a busy week. It has been. Very busy. I mean, it's been busy in the news. It's been busy in business. It's been busy in person. Oh, my God. I'm overworked and the coffee's kicking in. Yeah. It's been busy in our personal lives, in our mm-hmm. professional lives. It's just been a busy week. It has. It is. I'm actually looking forward to the day this podcast finally comes out. Because it's the last day of the week. Not for me, it's not. Not for you, but for me, it I'm is. I'm a seven-day-a-week guy. Well, it's because you're just special. Well, you know, I've been programmed. What can I say? Programmed. Don't stop. <laughs> Even my mom, when I was a kid, she used to say I was like a shark. If I stopped swimming, I'd drown. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I have noticed at, at your advanced age. Um, at my advanced age? Yes, at your advanced age. Okay. You are very busy. I am a 56-year-old man and proud that I made it this far because I never expected it. Well, I mean, I, yeah. I I think you're doing great at your age. I don't like the inflection in your what? voice when I'm you just, refer to my age. I'm just saying that I think it's cool that someone at your age is just very active, as can, active as you are. Can you stop saying <laughs> it like that? <laughs> this is in a world that's dark with liberalism crap. Stands a 56-year-old dude. Dude. Who's a vice mayor of a city. He's the bull in a china shop. <laughs> the man, the myth, the legend. He is the Honorable Jim Wood. How about that? It yeah. doesn't work for you, though. No, it doesn't. I tried. Though. It was a good try, though, man. Yeah. I appreciate it. That was just off the cuff. You know, when you just threw out there the vice mayor, I was thinking, you know, Jerry Springer was a mayor. We don't need to talk about that. I knew he was. He was the mayor of Cincinnati. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. Isn't that kind of crazy? That's very weird. Isn't it, though? Springer! Springer! No, it's no. Jerry! Whatever. Jerry! That was the chant, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. And then it's somebody throw a chair, and then, you know. Somebody, That's right. Somebody throw a chair, and then another person would end up pregnant. So Because a chair was thrown? Well, I mean, when Jerry came on, actually, actually, nobody got pregnant while Jerry was on, because when Jerry was on, all the trailer parks shut down. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Hey, man, I grew up in a trailer. I can't say nothing. See, I, I didn't grow up in a trailer. I didn't grow up watching Springer. So. Well, I, but I know until I was ten, I was in a company house, and then okay, yeah. we bought actually bought a brick house up on the mountain, Ooh. out in the country where High I'm from. Falutin. And then when I was about fourteen, that house burned down. Oh, okay, completely, one hundred percent. So we replaced it with a double wide. So I, okay. when I left home, I, you know, I left. I, I was living in a double wide. Okay, no shame. My dad, for, hey, listen, my dad worked hard. My mom worked hard, so I'm not ashamed at all. We had a warm place to sleep, food in our bellies. You know, we were, yeah. we were better off than a lot of folks. If it works for you, it works for you. It worked for me, and yeah. I'm not ashamed of growing up in a trailer at all. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Those experiences we've talked about, it's uh, made me who I am today. I've been in a trailer. I don't want to go back to living in a trailer. I wouldn't want to live in a trailer. But I've been in one once, a couple I'm, times, actually, and honestly, it was single-wide. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah, no. It was, it was actually a guy who was a, I want to say he was an Army vet, a friend of my dad's. Yeah. And uh, retired, and uh, he might have been a Tuskegee Airman. I remember. I just I have vague recollection. But anyway, like your dad, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But he and my dad became friends, and we'd go over to his trailer every now and then to, for whatever reason. I forget what it was. But I remember being a single wide. Yeah. And I remember telling myself, I hope I never end up in a trailer park. Now, just, listen, I had a lot of friends who grew up in single wide trailers, and you know, hey man, it's it's shelter. It's somebody worked yeah. for their for their you know, shelter and, mm-hmm. and, uh, listen, where I grew up when I, when I first grew up in a company house, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, you walked into somebody's single wide trailer and they had a stereo mounted in the wall. Maybe in an eight track player, but there was a stereo <laughs> in the wall and speakers in every room. Ooh. Uh, you may you may have been walking into in the Taj Mahal. Mm. That was big time back home. Okay. So I didn't I never had a problem with that. Never have a problem with whatever anybody has as long as they work for it. Sure. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Speaking of somebody who has definitely put in the work for it, mm-hmm. did you see uh, uh, the the gift we left you in the studio this week? Yes, I well, did. Well, it's not for you. I just wanted you to see it. I want to I, keep it. I, I mean, did. Yeah, no, yeah. it's yours. Yeah, it's, no, yeah. I, I got My wife to... actually gave it to me, so if I turn around and gave it away, I'd probably be in trouble. Well, we, we, we don't want that to happen. Yeah, the News Gazette from Lexington, Virginia. Yeah, and the headline is, Mrs. Campbell Goes to Richmond. How about that? That's awesome. That was awesome, wasn't it? Our, our awesome friend, Ellen Campbell, who's a friend of the show. Yep. And a friend of the Wednesday show. Yeah, absolutely. She chimes in from time to time in the conversation. Yeah. She um, uh, is now the, the new delegate for the House 24th District. Yep. Uh, she's you know obviously succeeding her husband who passed away, sure. unfortunately, last month. Yep. Um, but the cool thing was that this Saturday, past Saturday, yes, uh, you and I were invited to go to Richmond to, yep. a, to a private swearing in for her. And it was awesome. In the house chambers. And and just like you, I know, I knew you feel the same way. It was an honor and a privilege. And oh my gosh, that was awesome. Just, I mean, if it wasn't on your bucket list, you added it real quick so you could check it off once you walked in there. And, and I was talking to people this week, um, about it, our, our friend Will and and uh, another delegate and his his legislative aide was there and and me and me and him were talking about it because his aide, uh, you know, uh, uh, Kendall, we mm-hmm. we both are big history guys, mm-hmm. you know, um, yeah, he's a doctor, he's a PhD in in, in uh, uh, what is his PhD in? It's uh, it's a uh, political science. Political science, it? yes, he's a PhD in political what's, what's science. What's your what's your PhD in? Life. Oh, that's a that's a tough one. Yeah. Jeez, I went to the school of gravity. Really, mm-hmm. that's a hard one to get into. Yeah, it's a it's a harder, even harder one to graduate from. I bet it is. Yeah, all paratroopers graduate from the school of gravity. Wow, man, you got a, you got a special group. That's it. That's it. It's a very special. I have a group. lot of respect for you. Now. Very special group, doctor. Uh, well, you know what? I, 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 okay, another nickname. That's yeah, all I need. That's right, doctor yeah. honorable wolf. You know, but, <laughs> <laughs> but just to walk in those chambers and think about, you know. Now they've changed the chambers from into a different location a little bit, but that you think about that body of people, the oldest assembled government in the United States, you know, the first governor of Virginia, Patrick Henry stood there and called that, that meeting to order and, you know, just the history of it. And just without that body of people there, there very well would have been no United States. Yeah. So to be able to walk into that room and look at the paintings on the walls and just look at the grandeur of it all and and how it was put together and just the class and the respect and uh, just, I mean, there's just, it it was, it was, I won't lie. It was emotional. Yeah. It was emotional. And our friend Ellen made it, made it friend, made it possible for us. That's right. You know, and uh, honored, completely honored. It was, it was a great day. Great day. I know I told you, I know you got a text from her inviting us to the Capitol mm-hmm. and I got one yep. too. And I remember I was at work when I got it. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, yeah, th- this is awesome. And I was going to call you, but I was, I was in the middle of something and, and I didn't get a chance to get to you. And I, I had to commute, commute back home mm-hmm. and uh, you ended up calling me yeah. and telling me you got one. I'm like, yeah, I got one too. Yeah. And, but it was just like, wow, to be invited, to be able to have that opportunity to yeah. see it. And to be a part of it was yeah. just something I'll, I'll never forget. I, I was I was in a uh, store 
um, in a, a pharmacy um, across the street from our from our store. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went over to get something to drink, actually. And um, I started walking by the aisle, and I felt my phone buzz. And I, I reached out and opened it up and, and read it. And I just stopped, man. It stopped me dead in my tracks. Mm-hmm. That was just, to me, a high honor, something I, you know, just a few years ago. And I, I talked about it on the Wednesday show this week, um, you know, how you get the Facebook memories, you know, that pops up and says three years ago you did this, two years ago, six years, you know, and just so happens last Friday, um, I got one of those memories on my Facebook page and it said three years ago today, and it showed me speaking before the Waynesboro City Council uh, for the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, um, we, we had a difference of opinion with the city council at that particular time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did not want to, uh, grant a sexual, a second amendment sanctuary. Um, even with everything going on in Virginia at that particular time, when our constitution was under attack, uh, by this far left socialist, uh, uh regime mm-hmm. under, uh, Ralph Northam or blackface Northam. Um, baby killer, the baby killer, you know? Um, and I, I remember the last thing I said, I, I was sitting there looking at the council and I called them out mm-hmm. and I said, you know, you are put in those positions by the people of our city. I said, and if you don't adhere to the will of the people of this city, and I remember turning around looking at the people in the auditorium and I pointed at them and I looked back at the council. I said, these people right here, they're going to find somebody who will. Three years later, it turns out I was the person they asked. I was the person they wanted. And this week, I'm going to Richmond to stand in the House chambers. That that was such a real realization moment. Holy crap. Well, the way my life has taken a turn in the last three years, and now I get to go and, and just stand in the places where the people I only read about in books as a kid got to be. What an honor. Isn't that cool? What an honor bestowed on me, upon me of the people of Waynesboro. Mm-hmm. What an honor bestowed upon me and you by Ellen uh, to allow us to come see that. And you know what? What an honor it is to be a, a Virginian and American. Holy crap. That was just beyond my wildest dreams, anything I would ever thought about. Yeah, Pretty I, damn awesome. I, I've always wanted to go to the Capitol. I told you, I've never, I've driven through Richmond, but never yeah. stopped in there to really look around or anything and. In fact, we went to her office. Was that the Pocahontas building? Yes. Oh, see, I, okay, yeah, I'd heard about it, but I didn't really know. But yeah, so it was, you hear about it, you read about it, you read it in the news, but to be able yep. to, it reminds me a lot of when I went to Iraq the mm-hmm. first time. Yeah. And I, I flew an airplane from Virginia over to Iraq. Uh-huh. And so in com- we crossed the border. That's a long way. It was a long, yeah. <laughs> took us a while I, to get there. I didn't fly the plane, but I rode in the plane to and from a couple of times. That, that's a long flight. Oh, it is. Yeah, so I, I flew the plane with another friend of mine, Drew, and as we crossed the border into Iraq, we got to see the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. And that's something. And, you know, for me, growing up in the church my entire life, reading about the rivers in, in the Bible, that this was the this was the, 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 the cradle of civilization. Yeah, absolutely. And to go, wow, you see it in, in history books, you hear about it in the Bible, you read about it in the encyclopedia or, what, or whatever. I've had my feet in both those rivers. See, now I'm not going to go swimming in there because you've had your feet in there. <laughs> No, but, but to be able to see with my own eyes and go, oh my gosh, that's, that's where it all started. Yeah. That's yeah. what I've been reading about, you know, and I remember when I got, when I got back to base, um, I typed an email to some friends and I wrote them and said, you know, and there were a bunch of my Christian friends. I said, you know, I, 
after growing up my entire life reading the Bible to be able to see that stuff. Yeah. Eye opening. Yeah. Well, that's kind of how it was going into, you know, the, the house. Yeah. It was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. The, the, you know, iconic figures stood here. Yeah. People that represented the democracy, the liberty, the freedom that this yeah. country has always pushed. And it's like, wow, it, it's the, really humbling. The house that Thomas Jefferson built for the people of Virginia. Yeah. You know, and it's funny, you know, even though they've moved the house chambers into a new location in the house to give it the more uh, technological, more modern, you know, uh, advantages that it needs to, to, to work this uh, in this day and age. Um, you know, we kind of have free reign to walk around inside the halls of the Capitol building. Think of the people that walked in that building. Mm-hmm. Think of the people that walked those same hallways that we did. Yeah. You know, everybody from, well, from Patrick Henry to Queen Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the history in there, it just, it's just all inspiring. It's inspiring. It's truly inspiring. It's inspiring. If it makes you want to do the right thing, even, well, for some people, I guess it makes them want to do, you know, the right thing, even though it's it's hard, it's difficult, and sometimes um, uh, can cause you to, you know, I won't say lose, but yeah, think about our forefathers. Most of them lost everything it, to give us yeah. that building and that body. Yep. Crazy, isn't it? It is. Crazy. It is. Yeah, it, it was something special. It was. Something it was. special. And you know what? I, I'm ashamed, being the big history guy I am. And you can get tours of the Capitol. Mm-hmm. But I'm, uh, a matter of fact, the First Lady of Virginia gives tours. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Anne was, or, uh, Ellen was telling me that okay. up there. She said she she gives some tours, uh, certain tours of there and the, uh, I think, the governor's mansion. I'll call up Glenn and be like, yo, what's up, G? Yeah, <laughs> ask, ask, ask your wife if she can you know, give us a tour. Ask number one if she can give us a trip. Yeah, number you know? one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> number one. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so, um, you know, and I'm embarrassed as a Virginian that I have never taken advantage of that. I've been in, in Richmond, lived in Richmond for a while, um, and and never took advantage of the opportunities I have to go in there and just absorb, mm-hmm. you know. So uh, I am I have made myself my own internal pact that uh, those places of history that I want to see in my home state, um, I'm not going to procrastinate. Wait till spring gets here. I'm going to go visit some places. So Jim's gone to Richmond? Hey, man, it gives me an opportunity to hop on my old Harley of mine and just go tool around the, the great, great, great Commonwealth of Virginia. Yeah. Go see what the old Dominion has to offer that I've missed out on. Nothing wrong with so that. So Jim goes to Richmond, but Jim's going to go everywhere else, too. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool. I, you know, that was on my bucket list to go one day. You know, I still want to go to D.C. and walk around the mall. I've never walked around the National Mall before. Really? Never have. But. See, I was, I was, I was even a little amazed that, as ingrained as you are with with the political world, that even though you've been through Richmond, you've never really stopped and saw the things that are there. Yeah, never. Because I took you to Hollywood Cemetery. You did. Yeah. And I, as we pulled across the road, you were like, "Well, cemeteries really ain't my thing." And I was thinking, "Well, I'm just going to do one loop through here mm-hmm. and and see if it changes your mind." And I think it did. Yeah, I did. I mean, a lot of. Two presidents are, are buried there. Well, seeing headstones from people that were born in, in 1783. Yeah. I mean, oh my goodness. That's and there's older Civil ones War. There. That's that's just that is in between the Revolutionary yeah. War and ratification of the Constitution. Okay. I mean that, that's just that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. 
you know, um, and, and yeah, I just didn't realize how much history was there. And yeah. again, I've never been one for cemeteries. I, I just seen a bunch of dead people there. But what I, what I did, what I did forget is that Virginia has a lot of history. Oh, Virginia is American history. I mean, compared to any other state out there, we yeah. are the historical state. We it are. all started here. Yeah. And, and think about it. Even the Civil War, where was the majority of the battles? Right here. It took place here in Virginia. Mm-hmm. You know, there is so much history in this state from the beginning to current, um, more so probably than any other state. We have the most presidents. We have, you know, we do. We have the most history right here. And, and you know, like I said, I'm ashamed I didn't take advantage of of going to the Capitol before now, but I was glad I get to. I, I was glad I got to show you around Richmond a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I'm glad you did too. Yeah, had a great dinner at Outback. That was good. That was awesome. I, I didn't expect <laughs> I was to be out starving. <laughs> I didn't expect to be out all day. Yeah. So when I started looking at the time, I was like, okay, so we, we're going to go to Richmond. We'll do the ceremony. We'll eat something. We'll come home. Yeah. And I was thinking I'd be out yeah, a few hours. No, you know, no. we had to go to Bass Pro too. So then went to Bass Pro. <laughs> got to go there. Got to go to Bass Pro. Yeah, that was a great time. Went and got dinner. You know, so you know, we we left the house at what eight thirty, nine o'clock early, yeah, and we didn't get home till like seven o'clock. It was dark, yeah, yeah, it was well dark, yeah. I got to hang out with the vice mayor all day. It was yeah, awesome. How about that? It was awesome. Yeah. How many Waynesboroites get to hang out with their <laughs> vice mayor all day? Only the chief of staff. Only the chief of staff. <laughs> In a world that's dark with liberalism. Oh my god. Evil. Lunatics. Hey, Jeff, we've got an intro for you, I think. Right, yeah. do, do it better than me, please. <laughs> that big, deep voice of his. Oh, well, so, yeah, listen, yeah, it, it, every state in this union has historical significance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I just impress on you, don't, don't let the time get by where you don't go and just absorb it. I'll tell you, you know, you know what a military history guy I am. I'm going to say mm-hmm. this one thing, then we'll move on, see what's in the fruit book. I don't want to drag it out forever. Um, but I was telling me and Kendall were talking, um, uh, he is the legislative assistant to Chris head, um, a delegate from Virginia who's actually running for Senate, mm-hmm. state Senate. Um, so we'll have more on that and he is going to be a guest in the near future, cool. um, here on the Liberty room and on Wednesday, on the Wednesday show. Um, but, um, I was talking to him cause he is such a big history guy and all, and he knows what a big military historian I am. Um, uh, the, um, uh, 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 New Market Battlefield, mm-hmm. yep. Civil War Battlefield is not far from where we live. Mm-hmm. And I had been threatening to go there and threatening, and I just never did. Well, one day I was in, in Harrisonburg, Virginia, and all of a sudden, you know, my, I, I go to, to one appointment and I come out and there's a bunch of messages on my phone and all of a sudden like my next four appointments had canceled. Mm-hmm. So I, the rest of my day, it was like lunchtime. The rest of my day was empty. Well, I'm like 15 minutes from the battlefield. I've always wanted to go. I want to go. So number one, when you get there, and I didn't realize it, it was funny because when I walked in the 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 customer service area, the little museum thing they have, um, the guy behind the counter goes, hey, Jim. <laughs> I looked at the guy and I was like, um, hello. He went, you don't remember me, do you? I was like, I'm sorry, but no. Oh, we had Colonel Wayne's history class together. He was one of the younger guys, as I was the old guy going back to finish my degree. Oh, yeah. He was yeah. one of the younger guys in the best history professor's uh, class that you could have. Mm-hmm. Um, Colonel Leonard uh, Lewayne, who passed away not too long ago, um, he graduated from VMI in 1951, if memory serves me correct. Gra- on graduation day, he left for Korea. Wow. Um, and I'd taken his first class I'd taken was a, 
Uh, and I just wanted to see if I wanted to go back to school, if I wanted to finish it up. Um, so I found a class that I was interested in. I knew some guys who had taken classes with him before. Um, and they went, you got to take a class with him. You'll love him. You all get along great. So um, uh, I, uh, I found he had a class called America's Involvement in, in Vietnam. So I signed up for that class. I'll do one class. Let me see if the old man really wants to go, if I'm really dedicated to finishing this thing out. So, and his class was great because he was on the chief, he was on the, the command staff in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't have a textbook. He brought home movies. Oh, really? It was the most interesting wow. class I've ever taken. Um, and he didn't talk about just Vietnam. We started right at post-World War One, Okay. And led up through post-Vietnam. And I told him right up front when we first met I said, so-and-so told me to, to, you know, I dropped a few names of people who had taken this class before. And he goes, oh, great young men, great men. And it's other veterans, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, well, I'm really interested in this class. I said, because General Jap is somebody that I have studied. Now, he was the commanding general of the North Vietnamese Army. And he was a brilliant man, brilliant military man. Um, just happened he fought against the U.S., mm-hmm. you know. And he, he was like, you know, he's somebody I've always admired, too. And we started this conversation. And we stood there for like an hour talking about this before we even got to the the topic of him. Um, anyway, so, um, you know, so I took his class and he was the one who actually encouraged me. Yes, you need to complete it. You need to finish, you know, it's something you'll regret if you don't, mm-hmm. you know? So it, it just so happens the guy that was at the the battlefield that worked there, he worked there part time. We were in that class together. So he remembered me. Oh, that's cool. You know, anyway, They've got a great gun collection, so you should go up there, go downstairs. A lot of that era guns, it's it's um, it's great. You know, what I mean, they've got stuff you'll never see again. Mm-hmm. Um, but to get to my point, um, when you go out to the battlefield section, there's all these signs that you know tell you step by step what happened from the very first you know time somebody showed up mm-hmm. until you know it just goes through a timeline. Right. And there's a farmhouse on this property, and the battle took place behind the farmhouse. Um, huge fields uh, back in those days. Um, the interstate goes through the middle of it now. Oh, geez. Unfortunately. Okay. But, um, so the battle, I don't know, the, some people call it the Battle of Lost Shoes. I don't know if you've ever heard of that. There's a documentary nope. made about it. Um, the cadets of VMI mm-hmm. marched. I think it's like 50 miles. They marched full on to get to this battle, got there and walked straight into the battle. Oh, wow. You know, this is, you know, it was just a thing of manpower. And the VMI cadets, um, the Virginia Military Institute cadets, every year a group of them march all the way to that battlefield to commemorate, to commemorate mm-hmm. because a lot of the cadets from VMI, that senior class, was wiped out. Mm. All right. So anyway, it was it was a really rainy, muddy day. Um, and they call it the Battle of, of Lost Shoes because as they charged across the battlefield, the mud would suck their shoes off their feet. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the bodies they picked up were barefoot. Okay. All right. So um, it's funny because now listen, I, you know I'm a combat vet. No. Yes, I've, I know you. I've mentioned that about as much as you've mentioned being a pilot. So okay. <laughs> so anyway, I, I was reading all the signs and I knew the story and I went through all the stuff in the museum and I knew the timeline of how it was. And you walk up to this back fence behind that farmhouse, and there's a gate there. And apparently during the battle, that fence line was where the the soldiers started from and marched up, and the, the Southerners met the Northerners, and the battle engaged, and uh, the artillery had the high ground. 
and they just talked about the fields were just barely cut, you know, and it was muddy and rainy and nasty, and I'm just standing there. And because I'm a combat vet, I know what a battlefield smells like. I know what the sounds are. I know the chaos of a battlefield, you know. So I'm standing at that fence, and I'm kind of closing my eyes, and I'm kind of imagining, you know, what's going on. And I can, I mean, it's almost to the point to where you can smell the battle, you know. It's it's right after the corn had been cut and stuff, so you, you had familiar smells. And I kept my eyes closed, and I stepped through that fence of that gate, and just as a coincidence, I stepped in a big mud hole. Mm. And all of a sudden, it was like I was transformed back to that time. Hmm. Just stepping in that mud, smelling, hearing, you know, just, it was weird. It was, it was a moment, you know, that some people think is goofy. Some people go, yeah, he's full of it. But I could hear it. I could smell it. And then when I stepped in that mud, just like those soldiers did, it made it that much more real. And it gave me such a chilling feeling. That was the same feeling I had when I walked into the, 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 the delegates' chambers. Minus the gunfire and, and the well, muddy holes and the, yeah. Well, the gunfire and the muddy holes made that chamber possible. That's true. <laughs> that is true. So, yeah, and, and and Kendall's looking at me and goes, man, I know exactly what you're talking about. I get those same chills all the time when I walk in there. Wow. You know, so that was, I, 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 thank you, Ellen. Yeah. Thank you, Delegate Campbell. That was that was a gift. You have no idea um, how priceless it was. Mm-hmm. Something we'll never forget. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So what's in the old fruit book for this week? Well, you know, speaking of, of hallowed halls. Yes. You know, there there is someone in a hallowed hall that isn't so hallowed anymore. <laughs> okay. And apparently he tried to sing happy birthday to someone recently. Mm. Yeah. Who could that be? So 46 decides in his infinite mm. wisdom, probably in his infinite drugged up wisdom, that uh, he's going to sing happy birthday to the wife of Martin Luther King III. He's going to lead a round of happy birthday. Yes. And, and you know, he actually does a pretty don't good- Don't Paul McCartney own that song? I don't know. Does he? Yeah, I think he does. He owns the rights to that song. Oh, well, will he go after or Biden? he did it one time. I don't know. Maybe he'll sue Biden for like, I mean, they sued Trump whenever he like tried to use some song <laughs> on his campaign trail they didn't like. Yeah, so. the cease and desist. What was that Journey? Yeah. 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 yeah Neil Sean tried to sue uh, Jonathan Cain. And they still okay. tour together. Jonathan Cain was a keyboard player. Uh-huh. Neil Sean's a guitar player. He sued okay. Jonathan Cain because he played a Journey song for Trump. It was oh. Journey is a band divided. Of course, Neil Sean's crazy. He's a lunatic. Okay. Yeah. Him and his wife both apparently are pretty nuts. They sue other members of the band apparently on a regular basis. That's ridiculous. Yeah. So please continue with the anyway, happy birthday. So uh, he tried to sing it. I've, mm-hmm. I've actually got a video clip here, but we'll play the audio because oh, our listeners can't, uh, you know. Can't yeah. see it, but they'll have to listen to it. So yeah. here's our present singing happy what's, birthday. What's the lady's name he's singing uh, oh, to? Her name is um Ar- 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 Andrea. Andrea? A-R-N-D-R-E-A. Andrea. Andrea. Okay. Andrea Waters King. Okay. And listen clearly for her name in the song. It's it, it's so clear. Oh my goodness. Well, I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. So, so I here, think a Grammy's in the future. Oh, definitely. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You tell me after this, all right? Here, here it is. Congratulations today, the honorees, uh, including your wife, uh, who I understand uh, is a birthday today. Well, look, my wife has a rule in her family. When somebody's birthday, sing happy birthday. You ready? <laughs> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. 
Happy birthday, dear Valley. Happy birthday to you. Well, it's hell turning 30, but you got to. <laughs> Happy birthday, dear. <laughs> oh, my gosh. He's an embarrassment no matter which direction he turns. So when you're president, <laughs> yes. okay, there's a couple of rules. When I'm president? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, these are a couple of rules that presidents typically follow. Yes. Okay, so when you become president, Jim, number one, you don't ever wear a hat. Okay. okay you don't wear baseball hats or anything. I don't wear that many hats to begin with. Yeah, but you just don't because okay. it messes up your hair and all that kind sure, of stuff. Sure, but here's I don't have the, that problem either. You don't. No. But you might when you get in the White House. Okay, I'm listening. Yeah. I'm but there. number rule number two is now uh-huh. Uh-huh. no singing. No. I don't no, care if it's karaoke night at the no, local bar. No, if your wife no. asks you to sing you, you know, sing, you know, love songs to her. No. While in you're in her, the White House, no singing. Yeah. My wife has heard me attempt to sing, and don't worry, she will never ask me to sing anything, let alone love songs. Look, if there's a song you want to sing, you'll yeah. hire someone to sing it for you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Taxpayers can pay for it. Um, no. But no, don't you no, no, yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to give you an out here. Well, I'll take whatever else i can get but ho- yeah no okay no, fine no you pay for it but yeah, yeah but you don't sing yeah and then you definitely don't sing when you don't know the person's name well it's just a line of how many gas from asking a man in a wheelchair to stand up to trying to get somebody on stage that died three weeks prior that's right you know dear happy birthday dear blah, 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 you know yeah. that's ridiculous it is absolutely ridiculous all he had to do was step back for, well he's not that smart well, no one told him to step back. And nobody See, told him to sing either. Well, that's true. Here, here's the problem with 46. And I've learned this over the course of two just years. Just one of problem? This, well, this is the main problem. Okay. Other than, you know, him being mentally whatever. Okay. Okay. Whenever he goes off the cuff, yeah. that's his problem. Stick yeah. to the script. There's a teleprompter there for a reason, Mr. President. Yeah. Because you can't speak without one. It's very clear. You know... Uh, We've we've done it on the Wednesday show. We've talked about it before. You you're know, not, you you're, get you're, down you're into Confederate tattoo. You, <laughs> not a Confederate flag. Wait, wait. Are you related to the Nazis at all? Anything? No, no, no. no. I oh. mean, according to the liberal media, I am. But okay. uh, you know, not just, just not, honestly. No. Okay. Well, we covered yeah. those two things. Uh, yeah, but please it's, continue. It's, it's it's all clear now, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clear as okay, mud. I yeah. got you. Go. Yeah, but you know, you've got countries, especially there's a there's a whole series of it out of Australia, and you can go to YouTube and find it. You know, they have segments in their nightly news broadcast where they show today Biden's or today today's Biden gaffes or something <laughs> like that. That's exactly, you know, they're making fun of this country because of the fact that he goes off script when he does. Or yeah. sometimes he can't even get the script right. Nope. You know, we can go deep into policy and, and procedure, but just the, just the superficial view of what we see of the president of the United States, you know, the media did their best to make 45 look bad. Mm-hmm. They would pick the most inopportune picture, uh, the most out-of-context statement, and and use it. They can't even splice and cut together a full segment of video or audio of Sleepy Joe to where it does nothing but inter- just just embarrass all of us. Yeah. He can't sing. He can't speak. He falls upstairs. I mean... 
You know, he gets done from talking yeah. at a podium and doesn't know which way to turn, how to exit the stage, where and to go. God forbid an ice cream truck drive by. I know. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things, you know how presidents have stand-ins or yes. stunt doubles? Yes. Okay, where's his stunt double? Yeah, no kidding. Okay, train that stunt double to like, I don't know, give him a speech class and send him out. Yeah. Seriously. I mean, we need somebody who doesn't make gaffes every 10 seconds because it's ridiculous. It's embarrassing. You know, my wife's... um. Uh, uncle and I talk, he's over in Poland and we'll, mm-hmm. we'll do messenger back and forth and Biden will do something stupid and he'll, he'll text me and be like, what is basically what's up with this guy? Yeah. And it's like, Chris, you know, I don't know, except yeah, that this guy's an idiot. confused as the rest of the yeah, world. How? It's, he's, it, Biden's an idiot Yeah, and it's embarrassing and yeah. I can't imagine what Poland thinks of it. And that's something just as simple as singing a simple child song. Yeah. Right now, what we're seeing with the the uh, uh, um, uh, the documents that are coming from, let me ask you a question. Okay. It was a question I was watching the news this morning, mm-hmm. and you know, when Mar-a-Lago was raided, you got to keep in mind that Mar-a-Lago there was Secret Service around pretty much twenty four seven. The president, who could declassify documents, has every right, the ultimate authority, to declassify documents. There were documents in Mar-a-Lago where there was constant secret service documents that were handled by the man who declassified them. Mm-hmm. However, they're finding in documents everywhere between his old office where he hasn't been in years in his garage and different places. Why, why is the department of justice allowing non um, clear cleared attorneys to be the ones to search for these documents? When they went in with guns drawn into Mar-a-Lago. Well, they have a vendetta against 45. That's what it comes down to. Oh, absolutely. It's, it's not, they're not treating the situations fairly. Yeah. Because they're, they're radically different. Like you said, yeah. the president has the ultimate authority to classify and declassify. The vice president does not. Right. Now, if Biden did it today yeah. with stuff, hey, he's the president. He, he, it might not be smart authority. to put it in your garage, Joe, but you know what? Well, don't worry, it's by his Corvette. Oh, Corvette, I, okay. was, Corvette was keeping an eye on things. Fine, then we're good. We're yeah, good. Yeah. But as the president, the president can do what he wants. Now, you have a good point about him having, you know, um, Secret Service. Having worked myself, like you, I worked in the DOD. I, I, mm-hmm. I, my job specifically was handling classified information. Yeah. And the one thing about it is that you can designate certain areas to be for classified storage. Yeah. Okay. So let's say we designated this studio as a place for classified storage. Well, it has to be built a certain way. Sure. Okay. But then if I can't secure it properly, right. I have to be able to have people to block and people to vet and people to, you know, I have to have security. The storage of classified documents is very, the, the rules and, and policies is very complex. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and specific. And, and so, you know, again, while it might not have been smart where Trump stored the classified that he had, yeah. the fact of the matter is that he had 24-7 security and all of them were cleared. Yes. Now, they may not have had need to know, but the point is that they were cleared. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Now, when I used to work as a defense contractor, there were times, places where I worked where the government required us to have security, not, yes. not just a locked door and a padlock or, yeah. or, or a spindle or an X10 cipher lock. Mm-hmm. We actually had to have people sure. on site yep. patrolling every so often. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if, like, for example, if I had a room that I couldn't secure, 
you know, maybe the lock failed or because that stuff happens. Mechanical, it fails. Okay. Yeah. How am I going to secure my classified? I'm going to post a guard at the door sure. until I come back the next morning or whatever, until yeah. I can secure the classified. That's what he had at Mar-a-Lago. I don't know. That's not what Joe had in his Corvette in the garage in Delaware. You're getting angry. Because this is not treated properly. You're right. You're right. And you have every reason as a citizen of America to be angry. You know, you're putting us at risk. The things that you, that he, that Joe and the rest of the Democrats pointed fingers at Donald Trump and pointed fingers at a lot of Republicans mm-hmm. and said that you were a, a, a danger to nat- national security. Uh, all of a sudden now that uh, we're finding out that that was just, you know, when you're in, when you live in glass houses, you th- shouldn't throw stones. That's true. Because all you were doing was playing that political theater, the political games towards the Republicans when all of a sudden you were more guilty than anybody that you accused. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and now that, 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 you know, Biden appears to be, well, I wouldn't say he's going to get away with it, but he hasn't been convicted or has, they aren't doing an investigation. They have, so Merrick Garland <sighs> apparently has someone investigating. Oh, he okay? didn't hold a grudge. But this just started. It's probably going to go nowhere because yeah. it's going to go nowhere, right? They all carry the you know the water for 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 forty six. Yeah. But it, at this point, how can you go after Donald Trump? Exactly. Worst case scenario, Trump, what you did was stupid. Where you stored it, but he's the president when he did it. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Case closed. Yep. Biden was not the president. Yep. You have absolutely no authority, unless Barack Obama. Or Trump <laughs> said you could store it here next to your Corvette in the garage. It is a pretty car, though. I haven't looked at it. I'm just been, I'm too angry about it. Green, green's not my color for a Corvette, but that's a 67 convertible. See, it's, just, it's ruined. I, it, it's just it, ruined. Uh, yeah, I, I hate to admit it, but that's one sweet ride. I'm sure it is, yeah. yeah. But it's just ruined for me because of what he did. Yeah. No, I got you. I agree. I agree 100%. And to me, you cannot go after Trump on that. You, can, you cannot prosecute. Because if you prosecute Trump... Mm-hmm. You better throw the book at Biden. Oh, absolutely. But do you think they're going to? No. No. You know who no. they are trying to throw the book at right now? Who? Alec Baldwin. I read that today. He's going to be charged for involuntary manslaughter. Oh, poor Alec Baldwin. Don't worry. He'll get out of it. He always does. But I'm just, I'm glad he has to go through the hard shot, hardship. And maybe he'll admit, you know, because he hasn't yet, that he is the responsible for that girl's death. Yes. 100%. I don't care. But somebody handed me the, yeah, I don't care. You doesn't matter the trigger. You are responsible. You pointed a gun at another human being and pulled the trigger. doesn't matter if it's a water gun, a cap gun or what. It does not matter. Mm-hmm. Common sense should tell you, you don't ever do it. Yeah. You don't ever do it. So I hope they, it'd be nice to see that holier than thou, you know, get, get just, have justice served upon him. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. And honestly, Absolutely. if it were to happen that justice is served upon mm-hmm. him, yeah, that would send Hollywood a big notice. I hope so. I hope those folks in New Mexico just lay the hammer. They need to. Yeah. yeah. Or they better call Saul, one of the two. Better call Saul. <laughs> <laughs> See, I never watched that series. My wife would be able to come back with a quick one-liner, but I never watched. I, I just started watching it. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah. Nah, I've got too much to do. 
uh, well, I only watched it. I was falling asleep one night. I'm like, I gotta, I gotta watch yeah. this. And it started off slow, and then kind of, and then it kind of got my attention. And yeah. now I kind of want to watch a little more yeah. to see where it goes. The one I have kind of binged watched this week has been the uh, that '90s show on Netflix. Yeah. So how is that? I'm a big that '70s show fan Same because here. it's kind of my era. You know, um, I, I relate to a lot of that. But you know, it took me a while to grow up. So the '90s, I can, I can relate a little with that too. But. Um, yeah, it was, it's good. It's good. It's, it's, it's nice to see Red and Kitty still, you know, putting foots and asses as Red, <laughs> as Red Foreman says it, but yeah, yeah, it's pretty decent. Pretty decent. Uh, but back to the Alec Baldwin thing. Well, oh. it's related to the Alec Baldwin thing. Um, the ATF this week, mm-hmm. um, finally made a ruling. Was it a good one or a bad one? Um, it was a bad one. Okay. All right. Um, we're talking about, uh, arm braces. Now, for those of you out there who's not really sure what we're talking about on one of, about arm braces, the AR platform rifle comes in a couple of different, um, I guess formats is the right word, uh, different versions, uh, and you can build an AR platform uh, uh, weapon into a pistol, and it takes an arm brace. Mm-hmm. So the AR AR rifle um, under under federal law assault rifle no. AR stands oh. for Armalite Rifle. Oh, that's Geraldo, what the media says. Geraldo Rivera this weekend, Gutfield had to correct him mm-hmm. um, because on Fox News this week uh, during the five, um, Gutfield asked Geraldo what AR stood for, stood for mm-hmm. and he went, automatic rifle. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> I cannot stand Geraldo. He's an idiot. That holier-than-thou piece of whatever that Fox News seems to worship, which is part of the reason why I have a uh, an issue with a, a lot of Fox News. Especially when he gave away the location of that uh, military unit. When, when, he started drawing, when he started drawing maps in the sand, yeah. I was screaming at the television. Yeah. I'm so happy that the 101st Air Assault, Airborne Air Assault, or not Airborne Air Assault, um, mm. that, yeah. Okay. Air assault slides down ropes on helicopters. Airborne oh. jumps out of airplanes. I'm airborne. They're air assault. Gotcha. All right. Thank you for making that distinction. That's right. Um, the more you know. Absolutely. We need that sound effect. Yeah, I have to find that. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, when he started drawing uh, the maps, I was so happy when they threw him out of the country. Mm-hmm. You know, but for some reason, Fox News kisses his ass, and he's just a liberal piece of crap. You know, so it's not even his real name anyway. No, I, you know what? I, I care it's, so. It's Gerald. Is it? Yeah, Geraldo is 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 a moniker. It's a. It's is not it? even his real name. I care so little about that disgusting mustache wearing liberal talking head that I really it, I don't care. Anyway, um, so anyway, uh, Eugene Stoner developed a rifle, mm-hmm. and this rifle was originally made for sporting. Made mm-hmm. for target shooting. And honestly, he made it in such a way that women and children would use it for recreation to learn how to shoot. All right. He made it, he designed it while he was working for the Armalite Rifle Company back in the 50s. Okay. Eugene Stoner was his name. All right. Anyway, so Armalite Rifle sold the design of that rifle to Colt, Colt Manufacturing. And in the late, I uh, can't remember, uh, you have to, I'm, I'm going to misquote this. It's either late 50s or early 60s. Uh, the U.S. Army, the, uh, the, uh, the Pentagon said, we need a new rifle for our infantrymen. We need something more lightweight and a smaller caliber so they can carry more ammo to the battlefield on their person. Colt suggested the AR platform rifle. And they won the contract. 
So then it became the big black scary weapon that at that time every grunt in the military hated. Why is that? Because it just they thought it was too small of a caliber. Um, the early designs were not conducive to the jungle atmospheres of Vietnam, so they jammed a lot. Um, they had to take the barrels and actually line it, chrome line the barrel. Mm-hmm. Um, so the con- uh, the humidity and condensation over there didn't jam the gun as much. Um, but it was it was originally designed as a recreation weapon to help teach women and children how to shoot. Keep in mind, it's the fifties, mm-hmm. you know. So that's the world. What the gun we know now as the big bad AR weapon, weapon of war. See, mm-hmm. they're so full of crap they don't know what they're talking about. It's the weapon of women. Come uh, on, guys. Yeah, exactly. Jeez. You know. So anyway, so you could you can configure that gun into a rifle, which is what most people know, or you can get a shorter barrel on it, no stock, and you can. It is now officially desi- uh, designated as a pistol. So uh, a, a company designed an arm brace. Mm-hmm which is sort of a little small uh, piece of rubber or plastic that comes off the back that you can loop around your arm to give you more stability. It originally was designed to help disabled people, disabled veterans, Mm -hmm. still be able to enjoy shooting sports. Okay. All right? So once you could get a smaller barrel and you could put the arm brace on it, a lot of people, you know, like that configuration, like that design. So the, the, the ATF said, well, we need to talk about what's going on. Well, they had a big discussion about it and they went, yeah, that's okay. Because it did that shorter barrel and that little arm brace, that does not move it over into the designation of being a class three weapon. So the class three weapon is either a fully automatic weapon, which is extremely difficult to get and expensive. Uh, contrary to the anti-gun lobby who wants to put it out there like you can buy them on any street corner in any pawn shop out there. Um, a um, short barreled weapon mm-hmm. or a suppressor. Okay. All right. The movie term is silencer. Right. All right. So, um, you know, and, and, and if you go to get access to one of those things, if you can afford it, all right, um, you have to apply for a tax stamp for that particular serial number on that weapon, mm-hmm. which means you pay a $200 tax to the government, send them a stack of paperwork, and you may get a reply back in just under a year. That's how long it takes. Wow. It is almost, right now it's running about 10 and a half to 11 months is the waiting period to get that tax stamp back before you can officially take possession of that weapon. So if you come into my store and go, hey, Jim, I want to buy a suppressor. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're going to buy that suppressor that day. Okay. I'm going to order it. It's going to come into the store. Once it comes into the store, I'm going to get the serial number off that suppressor. You're going to fill out the paperwork pertaining just to that suppressor serial number. Mm-hmm. Once you get everything done, your fingerprints taken, your picture taken, and all that stuff filled out, then we send that off to the ATF. Ten and a half, eleven months later, an envelope comes back to us with your name on it, and it has your tax stamp in there. And then, and only then, can you come and pick up that suppressor and take it home. Okay. So that's kind of the process. Mm -hmm. All right? So what the ATF was looking at with the rule over the arm brace, they wanted to classify, or they were trying to decide if it was to be classified as a short-barreled rifle. No, it's a pistol. Mm-hmm. You do not, you know, it, it, a, an arm brace does not, in normal cases, allow you to shoulder fire that weapon, so therefore it is a pistol. Sure, that makes sense to me. Right. Well, under the new directives of the Biden administration and the urging of the Biden administration, the ATF has now come down with a rule that says, no, you cannot do that. That is designated as a class three weapon. And you have, and the Biden administration says you have 120 days to comply with this rule. 
Or what? You will go to jail. So you are, if you already own one. Yes. And you don't comply. Right. They want you to register that with the ATF to get a tax stamp. Yeah. Which now at their rate takes 10 and a half months. So you'll be out of compliance anyway. Which is a lot longer than 120 days. Yeah. Yeah. So if you didn't start this time last year, guess what? Right. The ma- <laughs> Welcome to the Gray Bar Hotel. Exactly. And the manufacturers who make those items, the manu- and the retailers and distributors who handle those items, now this is millions of dollars in stock that they're going to have to destroy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no compensation whatsoever. We'll sell them to Ukraine. Is that what we're going to do? Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. All right. Yeah. You know, um, back before the Las Vegas shooting, mm-hmm. um, bump stocks... I do remember that. Yeah. Bump stocks, nobody wanted a bump stock. They're ugly. They're hard to manipulate. Yep. They're they're just not they have no accuracy with them at no all. No accuracy, nothing. But because that guy had a gun in his hotel room that had a bump stock on it, all of a sudden now we gotta make those things illegal. Companies went out to the desert and they buried tens of thousands of dollars of stock in inventory that they got no 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 money, no revenue from. Mm-hmm. So now, if tell me if I'm wrong, who makes laws in the United States? Well, Joe Biden, obviously. No, I mean uh, reality. Reality, who, you know, Congress, Congress and Senate. Yes, yes. Um, so why does a department like the ATF all of a sudden get to pass a rule that could put you in prison? So yeah, I, I agree with you. No, it doesn't make any sense. Same with the IRS. Yeah. Yeah, well, in any department. I mean, yeah. when I work for the DOD, they can come up, come up with a rule that I have to comply with from a security perspective. Well, mm-hmm. why is that not a regulation? Exactly. You know, let's make it a law. Yeah. If you really want me to follow something, something that I could end up going to jail for, because yeah. if it's a rule, they can just change it on the drop of a hat. And they do. And that's what they're doing now. They told us almost a year ago that, yeah, we're not going to rule on this. We're not going to judge on this. Matter of fact, go ahead and shoulder fire it if you like. Mm-hmm. It was approved to shoulder fire a arm brace pistol. So they were going more with common sense as they talked about it. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden now, January 2023, they just took a complete 180 degree turn and said, you got 120 days. As a citizen, we have absolutely no say. We I don't. Mean, you know, I do know they, they publish rule changes on their website. Mm -hmm. But as a citizen, you'd have to be on their website every single day to see what rules that they are in draft to read it. And yes, they make citizen comment period, but let's be honest. No one goes there because no one knows what's going on because they don't publicize it. But you put it before Congress. So you got 535 potential people that are now saying, Hey, constituents, Hey, 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 look what's coming down from the ATF. Yeah. And now I can say, hey, Mr. Congressman, hey, Mr. Senator, yep. vote no against this. Well, I'm glad you said that because this week, late in the week, mm-hmm. um, Representative Matt Gates yes. actually submitted a bill to abolish the ATF. Really now? He did. So, so I didn't like him very much. <laughs> but now I'm beginning to Starting to, to like him that. a little bit more. Well, I can, I can forgive a little bit. You know, because this current Congress mm-hmm. has pulled the funding for those extra 87,000 IRS agents. 
And now all of a sudden they've put forth a bill to abolish the ATF. Good. Get rid of it. We don't need it. Alcohol, tobacco, firearms, and explosive. That sounds like a good convenience store. Yeah. But not a department of the government, especially one that's mishandled and used against its citizens as much as it has. Yeah. You know, so Matt Gates, you have your good days, you have your bad days. To me, this is one of your good days. Yeah. So in one job I was in, I dealt with the ATF. And I won't go into details because of some stuff I can't talk about, but um, I'll tell you after the show. Um, <laughs> it's not classified. It's just messed up what I'm going to talk about. Is but anyway, a helicopter out here flying overhead? Uh, no, that's your ceiling fan. Oh, okay. Um, no, so I dealt with them a little bit on some stuff. And to me, their, their rules were, in, when, when, you could, when you could understand the rule, yeah. they were v- uber restrictive. Yeah, well, they're and, written and, in a way that always benefits them. Right. Yeah. And I always believe that because it was a rule, like you said, it could be changed whenever they want to. But, you know, again, when I was, when I was doing this kind of stuff in, 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 my, in my job, I didn't quite understand how the rules worked until later on. Yeah. I figured, okay, you know, it's an it's a ATF rule, so, okay, you know, they're not going to change it. It'll, it has to go through Congress or whatever. But then I eventually realized, wait, no, it's not. It's right. not a law. No. It's just a department that's doing what they want to do. And, sure. And all you got to do, I mean, all it takes is Biden to say, hey, Mr. ATF director, I want this changed. Yeah. And then they go change it. And then suddenly I find myself a felon. Yeah. And I might even know I was a felon. Yep. Because, yeah, they publish it, but they don't tell anybody. And so no. I, I, to me, all this stuff, if it, if it, to me, if it directly affects the people, yeah. it needs to go through Congress. Yeah. I should have, our whole democracy is based on the people having a say. Yeah. It's self-governance. Absolutely. I'm not self-governing. No. They're governing me. Nope. When you look at, at departments like the IRS, like the ATF, it is 100%. It's just like we've talked about in the past. You know, there's really not one department in our government that does not have its own police force of some sort or another. That's true. Yeah. And most of them are, uh, are armed mm-hmm. with those military-style weapons that they don't want the people to have. That is the, exactly the kind of thing that our forefathers were smart enough to add the Second Amendment to our Constitution for. Mm-hmm. You know, they're making the rules, and if you don't, we'll send our armed thugs to in- imprison you. Yep. That's tyranny. It is. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, um, you know, uh, the Postal Service. Uh, yeah. They have their own armed security. Yes, they do. Their own armed police force. I mean, yes, they do. Can you imagine if the post office is always complaining about how they're, they're they need new uh, you know vehicles for deliver mail? Well, they yep. go get it, they, they go secure a whole bunch of used uh, MRAPs. Yeah, they do. They deliver do, mail. They do more than just. I mean, they do fraud. They do a whole. Uh, they do a whole lot of stuff. Yeah. The the police within the the postal service, and the postal service is not even a constitutional office. It's actually kind of a subcontractor of the U.S. government. Mm-hmm. But the U.S. government keeps it floating all the time. Yeah, and they're in debt. They need to get rid of all that darn junk mail, the occupant and all that stuff, that mail advertising and all. If they got rid of that and just, just mailed correspondence, uh, genuine correspondence, they might save some money. No more media mail. No media mail. Okay. If you want to mail something to me, you're going to pay first class postage. Sure. All you politicians want to mail me some reason to vote for you? Guess yep. what? First Slap on a first-class stamp. Yep. yep. 
Come on, sixty cents. Yeah. Let's see how many. Let's get, see how many mailings you do now. Get rid of all that junk and that media mail stuff. You know yeah. what? You wouldn't have to raise the price of stamp because you've eliminated two thirds of the crap that goes through the sorting machine. Exactly. You know, golly, I, I, I see old mailmen that walk all hunched over from carrying mail for all their life. That stuff, yeah, it has to get heavy. Oh, I'm sure it does. Oh, my mailman's awesome. His name's Chris. Mm-hmm. He's a Rasta. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're talking uh, about him. Yeah, yeah. He's got a little Bluetooth speaker, hangs on his bag, and he walks his mail route. Uh-huh. And you can hear him coming like four or five houses away, got the reggae blasting. He's freaking awesome, man. That's I hilarious. love my mailman. <laughs> <laughs> got a little Bob Marley going oh, on. Oh, yeah. He's got it all, man. He li- he listens to all of it. So, you know, he's 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 a Rasta. Speaking of Rasta. Uh-oh. Guess, man. guess what I bought the other day? Oh, my goodness. Speaking of Rasta, guess what Dwight bought? Yeah. Okay, tell me. Please let me know. Sanka, you dead? <laughs> <laughs> cool runnings, man. That's right. Jamaican Bobster team. <laughs> <laughs> what a great movie. Oh, my gosh. One of the best John ones Candy. Disney ever made. Yeah. John Wesley Candy. Wesley Snipes. Uh, yeah. I, I missed Jim John Candy. Yeah, John Candy was awesome. I watched Uncle Buck the other night. Oh, did you? Yeah, what a great movie. What's so, your record for questions in a row? Thirty-seven. Yeah, it's just great. So there, and I was on, I was on, I was on my Apple TV, and my wife, wife's saying, you know, there was some stuff that was on sale. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'll go through it. You know, I'm looking for something to watch, and I stumble across Cool Runnings on sale for four dollars. I'm like, oh, I've got to buy that. Are you going to start carrying an egg around? <laughs> no, I'm not going to carry an egg around. <laughs> But I might be in my bathtub pretending I'm in a bobsled practicing. <laughs> um, but you know, that, that was a great movie. Yeah. One of the best Disney ever made. I love, uh, yeah, yeah. It's definitely, definitely, if you've never seen it, that's one to definitely put on the list. It's oh a good family gosh. movie. Yeah, it was great. It's clean. Yeah. It was fun. It's like, it like watching, uh, remember the Mighty Ducks? Yes. I saw that. That was on TV just the other day. I saw it on Passing. With Emilio Estevez, yeah. And, oh yeah, that, that's some good. I think wasn't it wasn't like the wasn't the head kid or the number one kid that was um oh he played in oh, uh, don't quiz me on that Fringe Joshua Jackson yeah um back when he was really young <laughs> and, anyway it's just and I've seen some of the actors later on in life they're all like what in their forties now one of the few and, movies that ever I mean they started a whole NHL franchise after that movie. Oh, really? The they An- did? The Anaheim Ducks. Oh, I didn't know that came out of that yeah. movie. Oh, okay. Yeah, the Anaheim Ducks. Cal- okay. Out of California, yeah. Like yeah, California. Sunny, hot California needs another hockey team. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's ridiculous. I agree. I'm a Penguins fan anyway. Quack, quack. Go Pens. <laughs> <laughs> you still have Sidney Crosby? Yeah, we still got Sidney Crosby. Okay. Of course. That's the only name I know on, on the Penguins. Oh, man, we're not. We're not hopefully, we don't ever get rid of Crosby. <laughs> I mean... Golly, he's he's one of our, been one of our leading. He's been our leading scorer for how many years in a row? A long time. Yeah, we got like Chris Letang and a few others. I, I big, know that name. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah, big okay. hockey fans. Okay. Me and my son, we go up to we, we. I haven't been able to since COVID, but uh, you know, it's not a long, it's not a long trip to go up to Pittsburgh from where we're at and see the see a game. I need to go to a game one of these days. Last time I was at a game was I went to a Mudbugs game out of Louisiana. Oh yeah, minor minor what do they call it? Minor minor, league's fun. Yeah, minor league's fun too. You know they have a a team in Roanoke. We ought to go down to Roanoke and see a game. That'd be cool. Yeah, they you know they they fight a lot more. (laughs) So we're it's it's like my sophomore year. No, my freshman year. Yeah, and they did this thing at my school where basically it's like a you know on a weekend they were gonna do a whole bunch of activities, but you had no idea what it was gonna be. Yeah, you had to sign up for it. And they, so you signed up for it. I took the bus, and like one, the one day we went to watch the Texas Rangers play baseball. Yeah. And the next day we went to Shreveport, Louisiana. Yeah. 
and we went to the Mud Bugs game. The Mud Bugs. We're sitting like you know what a Mud know, Bug is, don't you? I do know what a Mud Bug is. Yes, you do. I I, I I went to school in Texas. I've seen them. Okay. Yeah. So Mud Bugs are good. They're like they're 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 crawfish. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't like them. anyway. So how do you not like crawdads? Because I don't like them. <sighs> anyway, city boy. Went to this game, <laughs> sitting about the eighth row back from the glass. Yeah. His little old lady sitting on the first row in front of me, right? So the game uh, is going on. the little on. old ladies at hockey games now? We're getting this game going. I don't know, we're halfway through, <laughs> and this dude gets checked into the glass yeah. right in front of her. Yeah. And I mean, there's just blood all down the glass. I swear that lady didn't move for like an hour. Yeah. And of course, everything stopped. And they brought the paramedics on the ice. Yeah. They got they had to, they put him on a stretcher and I don't know if he yeah. was knocked out or what, but blood everywhere yeah. and guts or whatever. And she's just I mean, she didn't move. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I bet she is completely like frozen because of what just happened. Yeah. I thought it was kind of cool. Like, we gotta come back. I, I bet that lady used to sit on the edge of her couch watching wrestling every Saturday morning. Probably so. Back in the days when Smoky Mountain Wrestling and all that was in play. Yeah. Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Back before back before wrestling was such a national thing. It okay. was more of a regional thing. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Smoky okay. Mountain was back in the 70s and all. It's places okay. where Ric Flair and all them kind of really came out of. Oh, okay. Eventually okay. became World Championship Wrestling. Gotcha. WCW. Yeah. Okay. WCW. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The Four Horsemen, Rock and Roll Express, the Midnight Express, you know, the the Russians, Ivan Koloff and all those guys. Come okay. on, man. You don't. No. Not ringing a bell on anything. Not at all. You poor underprivileged child, you. Well, you know, I was raised in a cave. I mean, with no cable TV. Apparently, we didn't have cable, but that's you know, that's why it came on locally. Anyway, we didn't have it on locally. You didn't? No, oh, no. Wrestling's not a big thing in Illinois where I grew up. It's just not really. And and, the, and we never really saw it on TV until I want to say it might have been the uh, WCIU, which was um was it Channel Twenty Six, yeah. Channel Twenty Six, the U in Chicago. Yeah. I think they started airing it in my mid-teen years. Yeah. But yeah, growing up. There wasn't anything. Yeah. And now, and then of course, then they went to the sci-fi channel, right? And then, so how is it that you've got some sort of wrestling on the sci-fi channel? Yeah. How is wrestling sci-fi? Because they want to make money and wrestling is popular. Gotta be. Yeah. It's yeah. A, it just, it, it was weird. You've seen, you've, you, you've seen and heard the stories about me and, you know. Oh, Yes. Yes, you've Bro- told me. Brother Dave. Yes, you've told me. Tag team champions undefeated. <laughs> the, the Killbillies. You told that me that was our stories. wrestling name. The yep. Killbillies. Yep. Huck and Buck. The Killbillies. Yeah, we should. Uh, we should take get you guys to go on the road. Oh, should, we were on the road. Do it again. Yeah, uh, we were much younger come, then. Come out of retirement. We were much younger then. We'll do the uh, yeah the no. geriatric version. We could uh, we could heal a lot <laughs> faster back in those days, but we're still the undefeated champions. No mercy championship wrestling. We know a lot of them come out of retirement to, yeah. to, to fight one more time to get that no. belt. Come on, let's do no. it. Let's I retired do. with the belt. Okay. I didn't give it to anybody. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, see, you're bringing skeletons out. The skeletons we talk about is coming you out of the closet. You brought it up. I know, I but man, it was not. such a fun period of time. It was fun listening to you talk it about it. It was fun. I, but, but to see a smile on your the face. The videos, yeah, I know. And then when Dave came over and you all yeah. talked about it some more. When he came in from Oregon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was kind of cool. Yeah. We got the video of him coming off the, the, the top of the, the cage <laughs> through the guy through the table and me choke slamming the uh, guy through the table that was on fire. 
<laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> Why am I not bashful? Well, I've <laughs> been there, you, done that. You've been through fire. <laughs> <laughs> no, I put them through fire. Okay, you put them through fire. That's you've it. been fired at. True. So, yeah, no, it makes sense now. Yeah. It's all coming, making, mind blown. Someday I'm going to be sitting on a front porch in a rocking chair, sounding like Beavis and Bedhead, just going, fire, fire, fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, we've just went completely off the rails at this point now, no, haven't we? No, we've only talked about one article I found. Just one? Well, what yeah. else you got in the fruit book? We can't go deeper into turning all the skeletons out. Uh, well, so this is kind of an interesting one. Uh, this this no, it was yesterday morning when I woke up. I was watching a little bit of Newsmax before I left. Okay. Well, I was getting ready to, but my kids must have been watching the new Velma cartoon series coming on or something, yeah. or maybe it was on. I forget. Anyway, yeah. I'm looking at it going. Wait a minute. Yeah. This new Velma series reminded me of Where in the World Is Carmen Sandiego? Remember that show? Uh, no, I know I know the title. Okay, but no. So it's about a woman who. Carmen San Diego, and she was like, she's a villain. San Diego, and you know, it was, it was a game show where you you had a you, you had a if you beat the game show, you found her. Okay, it okay. was a computer game too, so she was always constantly moving, and she'd leave clues about where she is, and you had to figure out where she was. So it was, it was a really cute game. Uh, Broderbund Software used to produce it back in the nineties. Um, anyway, so I'm I'm doing Carmen San Diego, and it got me thinking: Where in the world has Kamala Harris been? That's a good question. I mean, at least Carmen Sandiego left breadcrumbs and clues to where she was at, you know, but Kamala had just disappeared. She has completely fell off the face of the earth, hasn't she? Well, that'd be interesting if she actually had, <laughs> you know, but no, yeah, she's, you know, here, here you got Joe going through all this, pro, all this crap. Yeah. Okay. And most of it's self-imposed. Just, just saying he did it to himself, but where's Kamala? Why isn't she out defending the commander in chief? Why isn't she, I don't know, making herself more known? Why are you being so quiet? Yeah. Maybe because, and here's a theory, maybe because the Democrats are out to get old Joe. Well, and Kamala is just waiting. We have... Um, it's a conspiracy theory for all those in who, the, who She's listen. in the shop for programming. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, that question has been brought up. I've heard on a few different uh, news programs and talk shows and stuff because um, even some of the the Democrats right now are talking about, uh, is this the thing that's going to take Joe under the, the classified documents? Um, because usually by this point, they are sweeping it under the rug and not talking about it. Don't talk about it, it goes away. But now they just keep coming out with more and more and more. And it's being brought out by the Democrat Party. Mm -hmm. Been brought out by Joe's attorneys. Okay, so when you have the wealth that he has, which I don't understand you have that much wealth as a public servant, mm -hmm. um, when, you, when you're in the position he's been in, for the last 50 years of his life, he has attorneys for different specific categories. So you notice they've never mentioned what these attorneys are hired for, what mm -hmm. the purpose for in his personal life, business life, political life, party life, where they're from. So, you know, I have a, so many questions and so does a lot of the liberals. You know, they're Joe, they're, they're attorneys uh, that are uh, uh, representing Joe Biden out looking for these documents, but who's paying 
the hourly the rates for mm-hmm. these attorneys. Oh, we are. Probably. Yeah. Probably. Well, and here's the thing too is you know back when Is my tinfoil hat crooked? Yeah, you need to yeah, straighten it up, straighten a little up a little bit. Yeah, okay. there you go. Now, right. now it looks good. Is it my fault? Yeah, definitely your fault. One hundred percent your fault. One hundred percent my fault. Yeah, you got to stop with these conspiracy theories, man. I, I mean, know, I know. It, I'm just asking questions. That's all. Are you looking for headlines? Uh, no, not at all. I, okay. I don't call them okay. conspiracy theories. I call them spoiler alerts. Well, it pretty much is. But some you. people think they're conspiracy well, theories because they're just you know dumb. Um, yeah. But you know, here's the thing. A lot of us talked about this when the election happened and it was stolen from Trump. Yeah. Okay. And yes, I said that. Is, is my Conspiracy hat crooked? No, man, your hat's on. It's on straight. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the I antenna's put, pointing the right direction and everything. I made it extra shiny today. Did you? I polished it. Did you put a little polish on it? A little bit. Yeah. I thought the gleam was just the one in your eye. Well, I got that too. I got you. Yeah. All right. But so a lot of us talked about this in the very beginning that Biden would not make it through his first term. Now most of us thought it was because he had dementia. And they would, yeah, we and thought they, it was going to be health, would, and they would twenty fifth him. Yeah, right? well, uh, that could have been an option. It just didn't turn out that way. Right, but what if this is what a 25th and over? What if? Because you look at Kamala. There is no way on God's green earth yeah. that Kamala ever wins an election on her own No, to be president of the United States, ever. No, well, I mean, look at how well she did in the primaries. Yeah. When she did run for president. Yeah, she didn't do well. So, and so let's go back to something we talked about on the Wednesday with Jim show a couple of years ago. With who? The Wednesdays with Jim. Oh, that show, yeah. Every Wednesday night, 8 o'clock. Good show. Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Telegram on all five platforms. I think I watched it on Chrome last did night. Did you watch it on Chrome? Yeah. How did it come through? Uh, Very chromey. Was it? Yeah. High definition me. Oh, in all your glory. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, who was her biggest proponent? Who was the one that pushed her the most? Who was the one well-known name... That propped her up financially, who propped her up in the media, and just propped her up with her own PR firm. Willie Brown? So let me tell you a story about George Soros's sons. Oh, the Soros. Why are you bringing the Soroses into this? It's the Soros boys. No, they're they're good people. Yeah. They're good, good what people. What is in your coffee cup over there? I don't know. You made what's in it, so... Oh, well, maybe you should stop drinking it now. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> no, you know, George Soros has two sons. One is in financial world in Wall Street, owns a, uh, a financial company on Wall Street, and the other one is pretty much known as the, as the PR guy. Okay. Kamala was the PR guy's choice. Mm-hmm. And if you go to, go look up um, George Soros' sons and look at the one I'm talking about, um, he is a, if you go to his Instagram page and we've talked about this on the yeah, show and people went and looked at it, um, uh, on numerous occasions and went, holy cow, why is people not, um, uh, uh, reporting about this? Um, and people were like, how, why is this not, why, why is this not news? Uh, let's see, where is it? 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 Um, oh goodness. Um, because he is um, obviously um, the what do you, I'm trying to think of the right word. He is the conduit between social the social Soros name and and the rest of us. Is it Alexander Soros? Alexander Soros. Okay. Alex Soros. If you go find his Instagram page, look at all the world leaders. Yeah. 
of pictures of him with. Mm-hmm. He is in Pelosi's office. Mm-hmm. He is with Chucky e. Schumer. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Were, were his feet kicked up on the desk? Weren't kicked up on the desk for the picture, but I'm sure they were at some point. Okay, just ask him. All right, I'm talking world leaders from all over the globe. Mm-hmm. He is the PR man. All right. Okay. Then, uh, you know, then Jonathan Soros is the guy from Wall Street. Mm-hmm. So you've got the social side and the financial side both covered, of which Alex was the biggest fan, biggest pusher of Kamala uh, during her run for the presidency. Mm-hmm. How do you think she was the, v- the VP pick? Because it was surprised everybody. Yeah. That's not a conspiracy theory. I can take the tinfoil hat off now because it's put out there for public knowledge. You know, it was not hidden whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So jo- uh, Alex Soros, George Soros, and Jonathan Soros mm-hmm. were the three people who pushed the hardest for Kamala to be the VP pick. I mean, think about how how just venomous the banter back and forth between Kamala and Joe Biden was during the campaign. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then for him to then pick her up as his VP. I mean, what what president has ever right. really done that? Right. Where Never. they've made their VP who is a candidate against them. Right. And that, that's a, another no-no. You don't do as president. Sure. When you become president, you yeah. don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. One time in this world, you know, the winner was the president. The loser was the vice president. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It could, <laughs> wouldn't that have been wouldn't something? Wouldn't that have been something, you know? <laughs> But anyway, you know, when you look at, when you go back and look at the trail that brought Kamala to uh, the vice presidency, um, and now you wonder how anybody could be connected enough or wealthy enough to be pulling the strings of maybe pushing Joe out of the, out of the White House. Well, the Soros's have plenty of connections. They have plenty mm-hmm. of money and they were plenty back in Kamala Harris for president. Sure. Don't, I mean... Do you need a tinfoil hat to see how these things could line up? Some of our listeners do. Okay, well, we don't. No. And listeners, we, we took our tinfoil hats off because now we're speaking yeah. truth. This is truth to power. This is, you know, yeah, absolutely. But, okay, so. This is spoiler alert. It really is. And we've said Kamala, can ne- she can't win on her own. But we know the left is all about identity politics. Sure. Okay, if, especially if it's their people. Yeah. Not our people. Like here in Waynesboro, we had yeah. the first woman mayor. That nobody wanted to cover. Yay, Lana. Okay. We have what the first black councilman. Yay, Kitty. Nobody wanted to cover. Yeah. Okay. So if Kamala were to be the first black female president, oh my gosh, the left would lose their heads. Like, oh, we've got it. We've done it. We've put the first black woman as president. Now, if the right had tried something like that, so it didn't nothing. it didn't work with Obama, apparently, but if she were to end up on sixteen hundred Pennsylvania Avenue. Will racism finally be over? No. Not until you get our $5 million of reparations. <laughs> we do not live in San Francisco. I may have to move there to get my five mil. Listen, don't be greedy. I want my five mil. Don't be greedy. I'll share some with you. Don't worry. If they give you five mil, they're going to find out the way to tax you six mil. Probably so. All right. I still get my five mil. You're not even going to be able to collect interest off of it long enough before they tax the crap out <laughs> That's of right. it. <laughs> oh my! I goodness. went there broke and came back broker. <laughs> How about that? Well, that's the way the government works. Yeah, they always take what they don't have and take whatever we have. But no, right. she she can't win on her own. They'll the you know I can see them easily twenty fifthing, you know Biden that elevates her to the presidency. Yes, and then she becomes the incumbent in twenty four. 
Because Scary. is Biden going to win a second term with if Gavin he ran? Newsom as her running mate? Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we should just end the podcast because you know I don't have a response for that. Yeah, isn't that a nightmare? That, Think that, about that. Oh. You talk about Kamala Harris, socialism. Gavin Newsom, vice president. The fascists will be running the country. Yeah. Yeah. That's how important it is for us to get out and work every day to make sure that doesn't happen. To make sure that we put people in local offices. To make sure that we have people in in uh, intermediate state offices and state leadership positions and Congress and in Senate. I have an idea. Look, all of our listeners, here's what you need to do. Wherever you live, find yeah. yourself a The Jim Wood. <laughs> There's only one. That, but someone like you. And put that <laughs> that person, that, that A. Jim Wood lookalike, similar, whatever, copycat, put them in city council. Find yourself an Ellen Campbell. Put them in the delegate seat. Find yourself a Ben Klein. Put them in Congress. You've got to find good people to stop this crap from happening. Crap is the word of the night, isn't it? It really is, because yeah. that's what this is. I mean, if you get Gavin Newsom and Kamala Harris run the country, that yeah. is that's I mean, a dumpster fire inside of a train wreck. I mean, you got two California people there, and look at California. Well, actually, I don't think you could actually have them run together, now because they're, they're both from California. Why couldn't you? I thought there wasn't there a law that says that the vi- president invite. Yeah, there is. There is? I'm almost positive there is. Look yeah. it up in the old fruit book there. I'm, I'm going to. I, I don't I'm almost know. positive how, that. How, I mean, how can you deny somebody f- to run for office like that? From the same state. I remember something unless, coming up. Unless they're a felon or not a citizen or doesn't meet the age requirements. Okay, let's see here. This is from history.com. Can the president and vice president be from the same state? Okay. Oh, okay. So I'm mistaken. Let me, let me, let me read it here. It says, okay. Oh, no, stop with these stupid ads. Eat these ads. Okay. So it says that there are many misconceptions, but there is no law regulation against a president and VP from being from the same state. The reason that people are mistakenly believe it is because it comes down to a particular aspect of the electoral college system laid out in article two. Article two of the constitution states, the electors shall meet in their respective states and vote by ballot for two persons. One, I'm sorry, of whom one at least shall not be an inhabitant of the same state with themselves. Um, So it says under the original system, electors did not distinguish between candidates from the nation's top two offices. The candidate with the most votes became president, runner-up became VP. The 12th amendment adopted in 1804 after two chaotic elections mandated that the electors cast separate ballots for president and VP. However, the rule preventing an elector from voting for two people from his home state remained in effect under the new system. Hmm. Um, okay, in most elections, this quirk wouldn't even matter. In 2008, Barack Obama could have chosen a running mate from his home state of Illinois in either 08 or 12 with no adverse effect. Yeah. The same goes for Reagan in 80 and 84 and Bush. And Clinton as well. Okay. Yeah. Well, I stand corrected. Yeah. Um, yeah, I couldn't see how that would happen. Okay, but if an election turns out to be particularly particularly close, the rule could potentially come into play. It almost happened in 2000 when Governor Bush chose Dick Cheney. Cheney had been living and voting and paying taxes for five years in Texas. Before the election, Cheney obtained a Wyoming driver's license and put his Dallas home on the market. The thing for him he did 
the Bush Cheney ticket ended up winning with 271 electoral votes. Yep. So it sounds like the electors can't cast for two people from the same state. Okay. Am I reading that right? That's what it sounds like to me. Not that they can't run. Yeah. Interesting. I'd, I'd have to look so, a little more into that. Dig a little more. Dig a little deeper. I yeah. can't see how they would limit you, other than the constitutional requirements. I remember it coming up. I remember there being a discussion when Trump was running. Yeah. Because um, there was someone there talking about a, a potential running mate out of Florida. No, out of New York. Excuse me. Before he changes residency to Florida. Yeah. And anyway, I, I just remember there there was, there was some talk about that. Well, but either way, I'll I mean, yeah, I mean, it's um, yeah, I, I just can't imagine. The infection that is, you know, that that is is just absolutely rotting away California, um, a once Republican stronghold, a <laughs> bastion of conservatism, you know, in the days of of uh, uh, in their prime Clint Eastwood and John Wayne, you know, um, that uh, they want to spread that viral, that virus or that infection across the rest of the country. Look at California. We don't want to be like California. No, nowhere in this country do we want to be like California in the shape it's in now. Mm. Yeah. Could you imagine? No, I don't want to imagine. Kamala and Gavin. Oh, gosh. Yeah. No. Oh, my God. What a nightmare. Yeah. What a night. Let's end this now because you know what? This is going nowhere <laughs> fast. I'm getting depressed. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for tuning into the Liberty Room with Jim and Dwight this week. Don't forget the LibertyRoom.com is the website to go to to share that link with all your friends. Tune them on, tune them in, tune them, up, tune them off. What's the word am I trying to say? Just tune into the Liberty Room. Either way you go, your favorite podcast provider across the dial is always ready to send the the luscious sounds of Jim and Dwight across the airwaves. From the mosh pit of truth. From the mosh pit of truth, baby. Yeah. <laughs> also, don't forget. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> TheJimWood.com. That's the website to get you to. The Wednesdays with Jim, the, the conversation show every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock on all five live at five platform, live on five platforms. Boy, you can tell it's late in the studio. Oh, no kidding. I'm telling you. On Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Telegram, get in the conversation, whether you like us, whether you don't. Come and hang out with us in the mush pit of truth. You like those cheap sound effects? Yeah, very very cheap. I need, I need some reverb over here. Either way, thank you folks for tuning in with us. Can't wait to see you. You hear us next Friday, but come see us on Wednesday, 8 o'clock, live on 5. We'll see you then. <laughs>